Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2024 and welcome to the first episode of the year of three in a row. We're halfway through the season and the boys are back to catch up on everything that's been going on and review what we have seen across the leagues and competitions so far. Uh, Damola, how have you been? Check in. Happy New Year. What are you feeling? Happy New Year to you too, my bro. Um, I'm calm, you know. It's been a... It's been a ish New Year. Well, not ish. I sp- I'm having I'm doing New Year's at my friend's place, so there's all of that. Football wise, Arsenal being Arsenal did not help the New Year's, but I'm not allowing a stupid football club spoil my vibes. So I'm doing good. How about you, Fatu? How you doing, man? Yeah, what's up, guys? Um, I'm doing good. Happy New Year. Um, as you can see, my voice is a bit dodgy still. Um, the December was a bit too dirty, I guess, and I'm feeling a little sick. Um, but yeah, man, always happy to be here. Let's um, review um, the season so far. Yeah, let's go. You people, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast Ifatu right now. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean we're, by we're that? currently recording this <laughs> on December thirty first. It's coming out January first, and. The last time we tried to record uh, earlier in the week, Ifatu's December has been so dirty that Ifatu said yes. Ifatu joined the call to record. Ifatu said he would join the call to record. Tope and I joined the call. And next you know, Ifatu had taken a, a wonderful nap because of how dirty yeah, this December man. is. I was gone. I was gone, bro. I'm so sorry about all that, man. But yeah. Um, it's okay. It was actually, it, it was the day we beat Aston Villa. Like, we came back from behind and beat Aston Villa, right? That was, yeah, yeah I was bittersweet, um, you know. And yeah, I apologize for that, guys. It's all good. It's all good. The fans have missed you. And as long as you're enjoying, I guess it's fine. It's not like you were t- your top head that was in Bali. I'm not enjoying that much, bro, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> relaxed. Yeah. If I had to give us the what's one moment from your December this year that stands out as being particularly... The, 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 the what moment? One moment from your dirty December or your December that stands out that you would like to share with us? Anything for um, us? Um, um, I don't know. Um, if we are talking about with regards to football, it's easy for me to talk Not about. Regards to football. Nobody was talking. Not about regards it. to football, uh, bro. I cannot speak of it. I cannot. I really cannot speak <laughs> of what happens in Lagos, my bro. I would rather not. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah, I think we all know what that means. Let's. No, we don't. Please, let yes. us not make any assumptions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the football, lads. Um, I mean, we're halfway through the season. Most teams have now played 19 or 20 games, 20 for most, I guess, as things stand. Uh, and Liverpool are on top of the league. Aston Villa second, City third, and Arsenal fourth. Hmm. <sighs> oh, we just witnessed Arsenal lose 2-1 to Fulham away from home. So why don't we start there? What went wrong? There's nothing too much. What is going wrong? I'm not going to lie. I've been, I've been looking at Arsenal and I, I can't tell you what's going wrong. I, I do think... Um, injuries and i know like everybody's saying arsenal has mainly had most people fit but i do think like injuries to party timber tomiyasu um when we're playing liverpool at some of our key games comes back to bite us but again that's kind of like if i'm being honest with myself that's me grasping at straws um there's no I don't know what's going on. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. But I have no idea why Arsenal seem to be struggling more than they did last. Well, I have an idea, but I thought it's a problem that had been solved. Is, is I guess what I'm trying to say, but it turns out. Uh, it's are you taking your chances? It's what chances, ex- so. I'll put it this way: in the against West Ham, I believe you had a few chances. Gabriel Jesus, uh, so. Aston Villa, um, we played our last couple of games have been Aston Villa, Liverpool, uh, West Ham, and Fulham. In the Ooh. Aston Villa game, we created enough chances we didn't take them. That's on us. 
in the Liverpool game, that was a different type of game. So, like, should have lost that one. Uh, I don't say we should have lost, but Liverpool, except that Salah goal, to be honest, Liverpool didn't create enough like clear cut chances too. So, the Liverpool game, I'd say a draw was a relatively fair result. The West Ham game was frustrating in that we were getting in positions to create chances, but we weren't creating clear cut chances. The clearest cut chances were two headers by Gabriel Jesus and I think in Katia. And depend on everybody has different opinions on it. I don't like the idea about the best chances in the game being headers like that. Um, just cause like again, there's a bit less control with headers. And this Fulham game, we were worse than we were during the West Ham game. At least in the West Ham game, there was a lot of box penetration. Uh, pause. There was a lot of um entries. Basically, we were in the opponent's 18 yard box, and it was just almost like doing the last thing to get a shot off or something that was wrong. Against Fulham, we did none of that except the first five minutes. And I was watching the game with my brother for the last maybe like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And like it was one of those games that once they scored and after watching for like five minutes, I could tell we weren't coming back. And I was like, I was ready to off my TV. And my brother was like, well, how don't you people come back regularly in the season? You should keep it on. So the, the sum is, I actually don't know what's wrong. And I'm sure if you ask Ateta the same thing, he'll tell you he's not exactly sure what's wrong. He just knows something is wrong. Yeah. yeah personally, um, I was going to say personally, I, I feel like Arsenal are not particularly playing poorly. Um, I think it's just a thing of, you know, sometimes in football, you have to be, you need, you need a bit, a, a little bit of luck. And I feel like you were getting it at some point earlier on in the season where we felt like you weren't playing so well and you were still coming out of games as victors. Um, and I think maybe this is just the other end of the stick, perhaps. Um, you're still playing yeah. okay well. I think, yeah, I, I think the two games you've lost, um, if I'm being candid, um, against West Ham and Fulham, maybe again, maybe not so much this one against Fulham. I won't say you were categorically the better team against Fulham. But the other ones, West Ham, Aston Villa, I think Aston, Aston were still categorically the better team, although they lost those games. Um, so maybe, um, maybe I don't know, maybe if I was um, a neutral that wanted to give Arsenal advice, I don't know. Um, I would say, don't let the, 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 the L's get to your head. Um, don't let it affect you too much because now the narrative of bottling is back again. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone is, you know, everyone is looking at you again. Yeah. And now it's now it's now getting peak, you know. So don't let it get to your head. Just keep your head yeah. up. I, um, I think more of, that, know, that's very valid, right? I think as Arsenal fans, we tend to overreact. Uh, it's I, I joke that I support Arsenal, but I'm not an Arsenal fan because Arsenal fans stress me. And obviously, there's a lot of overreaction happening right now. But in that overreaction, there is some like truth in some trends it's we had struggles at the beginning of the season then it seemed like we hit form for like two months and now i'm seeing similar struggles to the struggles we had at the beginning of the season which is what i think worries me but like you said if i do i think it's a phase i just you know it's unfortunate that rather than maybe like drawing games or stealing wins during this phase while losing games so I don't know what to think. Um, when we went on that hot run of form, I was of the firm belief that we were going to go on to win the season. But after this week, I'm less confident. Now you're fought, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that you're many not points good. behind United as well, or in, in front of United as well. No, no, but, you are. You are nine, nine, yeah, nine points. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not that. To be honest, I, I think here's the thing too. There's a certain... It's also like a change of expectations, right? Given what we saw last season and how, in fairness, we still lost it, there's a certain level of understanding that you need to be near perfect to win the league. City were sh- had their own bad form for like six games, but were somehow still around. And now they are ahead of us. Liverpool too, they've had their own weird form, but are somehow still around. So the fact that we're stumbling is like everybody's anxious about stumbling, which is a City. lot of what I think is going on. Now, City now have the Bruyne coming back, which usually means that some of the stumbling is most likely going away if he comes back the way he was. 
because I know everybody's expecting the brother to be the brother that we saw last season and the season before. And I have a similar expectation, but something that should not like go under the radar is like this injury was extremely different versus some of the other injuries he's had. It's like it, it was a very major injury and it was a reoccurrence. So there may be like some effects on him. Um, but yeah, everybody is like because everybody has that feeling that the city run will come. It's there's a lot of overreaction, like we can't be dropping points now, which I'm not saying we should be dropping points, but like you said, if I do, like there's a lot of like you can't lose the plot during a bad run of games, yes. That's- and this is the stage of the season where the stakes are you know increasingly you know higher. Um, Manchester City are ahead of you with a game in hand, and De Bruyne are you know on the verge of a comeback, so. Um, yeah, it's not looking good. I'm sorry, um, but but I mean, I mean, who 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 said at the beginning of the season? Did anyone say Arsenal are going to win the league? Who who even you know? Is it, anyway? I said it. To be honest, I said I can't like bet against my club at this moment we are in. But hey, man, it is what it is. Is right. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> now I'm just hoping for a good European run. Uh, trust. Um, let's let's talk about the league leaders, that Liverpool, and how good they look. For this title credentials that they're current or this title challenge. I don't think they look that good. No. I don't think they look that good. I think I think they look for me, they look just as good as us now, if not even less so. Um I think maybe they just have that element of luck a little bit more. The goalkeeper, um and their goalkeeper obviously is is absolutely sensational and he wins them points on his own sometimes with the kinds of things he does. Um the attack, I feel, has been somewhat inconsistent. I don't know. I don't know whether it's the standards we hold Salah up to, but he has been scoring. But I still yeah. personally don't think Salah is. You know, I don't think he's kicking it the way he. You know, I, I've I've personally grown accustomed to. Um, I mean, we'll get to that yeah, later. I, I, but I think he's been the best player in the league this season. I I, I disagree with best. I disagree with best player in the league, but I agree with no. Ifa too that. Liverpool and Arsenal are similar in the sense that they both have like glaring things they need to fix up. Like yeah. Arsenal needs to be more clinical in attack. Liverpool need to deny oppositions like so many chances, right? And like I've watched a number of Liverpool games this season and I can't explain it. Liverpool win games scoring Waldies like on a very, very consistent basis. Like they will have a game where they need two goals to win. Trent will score from outside the box on one side. Yes. And Elliot is going from outside the box on one side. Or Salah is putting the ball, although he's taking the shot from the 18-yard box, he's putting the ball at an angle where most people cannot do it. And also, like you said, if I to, I think a, a good thing, I think we've highlighted that Van Dyke has come back to form on the podcast this season. Yes. But yes. he's like... I think he and Allison have been really, really good for Liverpool, which is also probably why they are as high as they are from uh, from a table standpoint. So, why I do think Liverpool are overall better than they were last season, I do think they are, have like similar issues to like Arsenal, for example, just at a different part of the pitch. They, they don't stay in control of games. They have to fight back from behind. They have to fight back from trifling situations and to come back, just like Arsenal have uh, quite a couple of times this season as well. Um, but they seem to, for, for Misha, they seem to do it more consistently, uh, more, um, I don't know, they, it's just harder to take points away from Liverpool. United only took a point from them. I think we are the first team to take a point from them at Anfield this season, no? So they've made Anfield also like a, a um, fortress. fortress. Yeah. So it's just maybe the away games that they have to now um, look into. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I wouldn't um, I wouldn't rate Liverpool too highly, bro. Manchester City, Manchester City. These are the guys that have just come back from Club World Cup. Everyone was saying, ah ah, they have outstanding, and they are they are they are they are, they are I think two points off the table, top of the table with an outstanding. So these guys are the real guys though, that we should be worried about. Forget about Liverpool. I mean, it's sure for me that Manchester City are taking home four in a row this season. And yeah. that would be uh, that would be atrocious for the PR of the Premier League, you know. It's already Honestly. atrocious for the PR of the Premier. <laughs> but I think in one in one part it's atrocious for the like PR in terms of the dominance of City. But like City, withstanding this 
season has been a really good advertisement for the PL in terms of how close the league has been so far for, you know, anyway, this half with, you know, four or five teams really being involved in the title race. You know, I'm I'm interested to see if this can be maintained going into next half of the season next year or if everybody just starts to falter and City does what City does easily. I'm, I'm expecting a little bit more of a challenge um, this season. Um, but guys, we got to talk about second place as well. Aston Villa and Unai Emery. Um, wow. Like... Wow, I think their stats from this year are something ridiculous. They have like collected the second most points in the league from a calendar year perspective. Uh, and obviously they're flying at home and in the league. I guess the question if I to is, do you think they're going to make top four? Um, Honestly, I don't. Um, Honestly, I don't. I don't see it. Is it not Aston Villa that we're supposed to Make I mean I mean they've done absolutely sensational so far, uh, but they were the ones that so they were supposed to like come in on top of the league at um, Christmas, if they could just um beat was it Sheffield or Luton at Villa Sheffield. Park, Sheffield. yeah and then yeah. and then what did they do they 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 almost lost no, they had they, they equalized like in the last moment of the game, you know so that's they don't have they clearly don't have that killer instinct they clearly don't. Um, well, that's what I'm listening about all these team, teams. Brighton, Aston Villa, Newcastle. Um, when the stakes are high, when the expectations are there, when people are, when the eyes are now watching you and we are now looking, okay, look at Villa, you've been playing so fantastic. This is a really tough game. What are you going to do? They don't quite seem to have that final um, killer, you know, punch. So, personally, I, would, I mean, it's, it's just halfway through the season. The way my United came back um, against Aston Villa doesn't say too well about Aston Villa, honestly, because my United are a terrible team. I'm sorry to say. We're a terrible team. We're an inconsistent team. But we're able to, you know, come back two goals behind and beat Aston Villa 3-2. And um, if we can do that and, you know, people like Sheffield and Luton can give them trouble, then I I personally don't see them having such a good run, especially when other teams are aware of the threats that they pose with um, Oli Watkins and um, the Diabies, Baileys and co. But yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they'll make top four. Bailey has really been the guy uh, this season, and I was, I've been particularly surprised to see how good John McGinn is as a player. He's not yeah, very sexy. John, John McGinn is has been great for them. Him and Douglas Louise are people I've really liked um, this season. They've been exceptional for Aston Villa and what Unai Emery is trying to do. Um, with regards to if they're going to make top four, I. <sighs> I'm I'm trying to see when whenever I'm looking at a team like I'm right now right we're at the halfway point of the season and we're looking at all the teams currently in the mix and everyone's almost like trying to decide okay if this is where everyone is at halfway what's gonna happen at the end and I'm trying to like almost predict where the fall off begins to happen and I am not exactly sure right so I. <laughs> Like I'm more confident in them making top five than making top four, but I I think they I won't say I think they have a chance in there, right? Because if we assume City are going to City and Liverpool are going to just you know still be around the mix and Arsenal are going to figure out whatever is going on, that leaves one more spot I think between Tottenham and Aston Villa, and what Tottenham have going for them is they have no Europe. While Aston Villa have Europe, but Aston Villa's Europe is getting towards the decision point, so they may fall out early. And they also have players that have been injured that may be coming back around that time. So, um, if I had to put money on it, I'd bet on them finishing fifth for the sole reason that Emery, you a guy put it this way you never want to go full Unai Emery. And I think towards the end of the season is when the opportunity for that will happen. Um, it doesn't take away from what Emery has done at Aston Villa, but just using what I've seen him do at other clubs, PSG, Arsenal, um, it makes me... There's this underlying feeling that a time is going to come where things will crumble. So, yeah, I think they finish out of the top four. 
So, so in your eyes, then who makes that top four? It's Liverpool, Arsenal, City, and Tottenham. Yeah, that's my. Or Manchester United, of course. Uh, so, uh, actually, no, you know what? Fairness to United, they also have the thing Tottenham has going for them. No Europe at this point in time. So same thing well, that Chelsea has going for them, yeah. Yeah, but I think <laughs> no valid point, valid point. And Chelsea have players coming back from injury. I think that here's the thing: United have been um they are what six points or what eight points or fifth right now. And in fairness to them, they've had a lot of injuries, especially in midfield and uh, defense. So if they can still stay within touching distance when everybody is back, I mean, who knows? They have a shot. But at the moment, like using what I've seen and the football that has been played, I am more confident in them finishing outside the top five than I am with them finishing inside the top five. Chelsea are not going to smell the top five, fam. Let's get real. Let's be serious. Could it possible? Um, Chelsea look good with Nkuku. I can't lie. Uh, but they yeah. have like they concede a lot of chances in attack. They look good, but they concede way too many chances for 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 me to also agree that they are finishing in the top five. I mean, just for context, guys, Chelsea are currently tenth in the league, ten points away from top five. So there's quite a distance to go between them. Eleven points away from top five. Yikes. Um, Let's. I. I mean. I don't. I don't feel like we need to necessarily talk about the bottom of the of the league. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, the guys that are rooted, they are rooted. I mean, shout out to Luton. I would say. Yeah, Luton. Um, Luton have looked good. Um, it's. I've watched a couple of their games and they've looked decent. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Sambilo Konga actually looks decent. Um, and. Yeah, Luton, Luton are a very interesting one. Of all the teams that got promoted, to be very honest, I think they're the only ones I'd want to stay up at the moment. I think maybe I've earned a place to stay up. But then I'm not exactly sure who... In whose place. Exactly. Yeah. The league is tough this season. But I, what I do like about them is that it seems that everybody who they face, regardless of where you are in the league, they give you a really good game. Um. So I really appreciate that about them. Uh, but before, I guess, we touch on other parts of the world, uh, Champions League and things like that, I wanted to do a quick mid-season on-the-spot awards, just getting a gauge from you guys who you think um, is the best across these categories. It's There's no science to it, and we don't have to come to a consensus. It'll just be good to, to see what everybody's thinking. Uh, so, of the season so far, uh, best player... I will go first and I can explain later Mo Salah for me. Hmm. I think for me, it has to be Allison. Best player. Hmm. Yeah, best player. It's I know we traditionally don't give to a goalkeeper, but just like how much I think it, an individual player has changed a team's like direction. I would I would put as like and when I say change a team's direction, it sounds like I'm saying Liverpool are going from like sixth to first. But in again in the race for the title, he's a very big difference between fourth or third and first position. So I, I would say Allison has been my player of the season. Um I mean if I to, I don't know if you have your thoughts yet. Yeah, um, I I was actually struggling um to pick out the best player. So so weird actually. There's no one that's actually like completely standing out. But yeah. if I'm to um, think a little bit deeper, I would actually say Rodri for Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he. I mean, the team seems to always falter and suffer whenever he's out of um maybe for some reason injury or whatever. Um, and he's such a solid player, you know. I think there was an injury scare just the other week, and we thought so he was going to be out for a while. And he said, "No, no, 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 forget about all that, boy. I'm here, and I've got to play," you know. And and yeah, he's 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 so valuable to the to the Manchester City team. He he keeps the midfield together. He's always in the right position. He knows when to when to you know come into the box. He knows when to, when to 
pull back, you know, into the anchor position. He's, um, I would say, he's the glue for the for the Manchester City team. And yeah, for now, I I think I would, I would, I would go with Rodri. Um, nice um, listening to to him in Son as well. I really like how he's his his approach this season. I was about yeah. to say, if if I had to go for a close second, it would be between Son and Douglas Lewis. You didn't even put Oli Watkins. So, wow. like, here, I, I hear you on that, but I think when the league is as tight as this, I I generally, like, just generally, like, looking at the way the football in the league is played, right? The most expensive players in the last transfer windows were midfielders, like, midfielders are becoming more and more maybe not rated but like valued in a sense and the impact is obvious when certain midfielders are not there like top where we we've lost party in certain games a lot of games this season and we can see like how much we're missing him as from an arsenal standpoint and i can only imagine how much we'll miss if declan rice wasn't available um united's whole issue right now is midfield related issues right and if i already spoke about how key rodria has been to city still being there despite the recent bad run of form they had and with things like club world cup and all those other things so yeah i'd have to like watkins has been excellent and there's no knock on watkins but i'd have to give it to i think douglas louise at the moment is more important to aston villa than only watkins interesting that you, you both say this. I, I would also just like to say that Mosala has 12 goals and seven assists this season. That's more goal contributions than anyone easily. Um, he's balling out of control. And once again, it's going unnoticed because Salah is just doing what Salah does. I think he's the best player in the league. And it's like not even close. Um, it'll be good to see what you guys think at home. Do comment and um, let us know. Uh, next category, guys. Best transfer of the season so far. There's only one correct answer. It's the hundred million pound discount that Declan Rice has been. Uh, I dare anybody to challenge and say something else. I I don't disagree. I also think it's I'm biased. Obviously, I also think it's Declan Rice. Um, I will say this though. In this our recent form. As immense as Declan Rice has been from a defensive and a control standpoint, I feel like he still has at least two, three levels to go from an attacking standpoint, which is scary when you consider how good he has already been. Um, so, yeah, I'd say Declan Rice, he's been immense. I think he needs to be unleashed by Thomas Partey. Um like it would be great if you could have Partey playing in the six and Declan Rice having a more free role like Shaka did last season. It's something that we still haven't gotten to see all season, and like you know, I think there's something special there potentially. What do I know? Um, if I to, do you have any thoughts on this? Could it be uh, one of the United lads, Hoyland, maybe? If you want to mock me, just go direct, bro. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't have any, um any different opinion. It has to be Declan Rice. He has been absolutely um, gigantic in the midfield for Arsenal. Um, yeah, uh, sadly, I hate to admit it, but yeah, I can't deny it. Um, <laughs> what about the biggest surprise um, of the season so far? Uh, for me, it's an easy one. Uh, I would probably go with Aston Villa for obvious reasons, where they are in the table, what they've managed to achieve. I knew they were going to do well. I think I predicted them to be like fifth or sixth, but I couldn't have predicted them to do this well. Uh, so it's just amazing to see like a team coming together and every all the ingredients just being right um, to have such a run like this. But I'll probably also give an honorable mention to West Ham um, and Paqueta and Kudus. Uh, and Bowen and Co for the form that they've been displaying as well. I think it's been quite surprising uh, to see. Um, so when I saw this question earlier, I t I took it from a player perspective, like which player surprised mm -hmm. you the most, not team. Um, but I agree with you. I agree with you on the team one. I think it's been Aston Villa, um, second in the league, um, beating United, Arsenal at home, back to back. 
nail win winning record since the Arsenal game last season till they drew against I think it was Sheffield. Um so yeah, I, I agree with Arsenal Villa have been immensely season and they've been like the surprise team for for where they are. Um I think people expected them to be good, but maybe not as good. In terms of the player though, I think this is where I, I shout out to a striker, Dominic Solanke. Uh, I know Bournemouth took some time to click earlier this season, but since they started playing some semblance of like decent football, Solanke has been immense. He's been contributing goal-wise. He's looked good. Um, and he's like, for someone who hasn't had like a linear career path, right? He went from Chelsea uh, to Liverpool, it didn't really work out at Liverpool. Then he went to Bournemouth, where it looked like he was taking a step down. He's done really well this season. I think in terms of non-penalty goals, I think he's only behind... Uh, I may be wrong here, but I think he's only behind Son or um, Watkins, something and like ha- that. And Haaland as well. And uh-huh, So... Um, he's been doing like really, really, really well. So that's been my like individual from a player standpoint, my surprise of the season. Yeah, um, that's a very good shout. Personally, um, I, I, I would, I would even generalize um, further, apart from Solanke and and call the whole Bournemouth squad. I'll say they've they've quite surprised me. I think they're twelfth. Um, they won four games in a row. I don't know how Bournemouth. Um, has the distance to pedigree to 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 gather four games straight in the Premier League when it's not even like they're fighting, you know, to to escape relegation in the last few games of the season or whatever. You know, Bournemouth beat Manchester United three zero at Old Trafford, clean goals. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely give it to um to Bournemouth. I think they are they are surprising a lot of teams and they're making the Premier League um. How do I say this? Um, live up to his reputation based on mm. anybody can beat anybody at any time. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I like those shouts. I think they're valid. I really like the yeah, Bournemouth and Salanke. Uh, I think only Salah and Haaland, double out to your question, have scored more goals um, in the Prem this season. Uh, do we want to do manager of the year? I vote Unai Emery, not Pep Guardiola, although Pep Guardiola is the greatest manager of all time, officially. Really, officially, of all time. Okay, How? okay. Sorry, Alex. He's barely greater than Mourinho. Oh my! We need to have this debate. Like, He's barely greater than Mourinho. This, this is this is not a New Year's Eve debate, but we need to have this debate. It's a New Year's Eve debate oh, because yeah. what do you mean? He's barely greater than Mourinho. He has everything he wants now. Oh, I mean, it's not. God. It's not. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy when you have everything he wants, but he has everything he wants, and you can't always say the same for. Um, some other managers. Um, he's he's great too. He's he's super legendary, you know. But when you see the greatest of all time, I take a bit of an exception to that. I'm sorry. So Alex Ferguson is around now. Come on, come off it. Okay, I mean you're right, Damola. It's not something that I, we can fully start getting into, and I'm not the kind of person that speaks against Alex Ferguson, to be honest. So we'll park that one for another day. Still, um, but shout out to Unai Emery. Um, for real, and of course, my man Mikel Arteta, you know, my personal favorite manager. I, I think, I think it's between Unai Emery and Sean Dyche. Like, despite the ten point deduction, Sean Dyche still has his team away from the relegation zone. So that has yes, to yes. Everton have been actually uh, Everton. Uh, uh, I mean, I think I can see. Uh, maybe not so much the same for Everton as for Bournemouth because Everton obviously have more more caliber, more expectations of them. Um, but yeah, Everton have done absolutely great as well. Um, I think that ten point thing deduction, in my personal opinion, I think it somehow influences how you go into the game. Sometimes you go into the game with a chip on your shoulder yeah. and you want to prove a point. And yeah, maybe if they weren't ten points down, they might not have done some of the things that they've done. But yeah, that's 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 the beauty of football. Um, one more thing to add on Sean Dash to like see how incredible the job he's doing. Everton are currently 17th. If they now have the 10 points deduction, they'll be 12th, which is two points behind Chelsea. For any other team in the league, 
that's so that's what's like 17 to 12 that's like a five 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 uh place jump for context if liverpool had 10 points deducted from them they'll be eighth right now oh sorry they'll be seventh right now just above united by one point so it's like it goes without saying sean dykes has despite what has happened he's done a really solid job and i think he should be commended um but now that we have a i'm very curious how do you guys think the international tournaments in january are gonna affect a variety of teams so afcon is happening uh i think starting january 12 let me let me let me double check that date um and the asia cup is also happening in a similar in a similar timeline um and teams are going to be so correction afghan is happening january 13th um to february 11th and teams are going to be without players so talk about your best player of the season salah his last game is tomorrow against newcastle i i believe that he, he goes to afghan um we don't know if party is fully fit yet but if party is fit he's on his way to afghan we're also losing uh tomiyasu to asia cup because since I know when is the asia cup in january by the way the, the asia cup is i believe it's usually in january i don't think this is a new thing from that standpoint um i just think this is maybe the first time it's coincided with afcon at the same time because afcon had a weirdly adjusted schedule so the asia cup funny enough is the one starting on january 12th um i see yeah so and teams are gonna like japan japan is there let me let me see the teams that are that are gonna be there so the asia cup like obviously the usual guys australia but from a prem standpoint i think some of the countries that will have like the biggest prem presence like south korea and japan for example um they're gonna have hyoming son is gonna be there tomiyasu is gonna be there um in wolves for example he chan uh, exactly my guys huang he chan is gonna be there like i feel like different teams are gonna feel it in different ways us now we haven't had party fit for most of the year so some would say the impact is minimized but if we have an injury to rice knock on wood then that completely changes that and again this assuming party is fit to go to afcon um and yeah i'm curious who what team do you think is going to be hit the hardest by by the january tournament i think this spells huge trouble for liverpool massive massive problems for liverpool uh club because i'm not sure how they replace salah in that team who is ready to step up to fill in that role on the right wing is it javi elliott can he really do it i doubt it i think liverpool are going to be the team that really suffers the most from this because not only did they lose salah i believe they'll lose matip as well well i guess matip was injured already no Mat- well, matip was injured but he's also been banned from Cameroon national team so eh? Yeah, Eto Eto Bond Matip. And uh, to be honest, I hear I hear the reason. So basically, um Matip hadn't represented Cameroon in a while. He he almost like removed himself from national team consideration. Then when the World Cup was coming around last year, he was like, Oh yeah, they should pick him, he's available. And Eto was like, Yeah, the uh, Cameroon FA doesn't roll like that anymore. So, like, if you want to play for Cameroon, you should always be available for Cameroon, except you're injured. Not that just at your choosing. So, Matip, even if he was fit, he's not going for Afghan. I see. So, he, he ruined it for him for his own self. Yeah. That's fair enough. So, um, but Liverpool will be losing Salah. They'll be losing Endo. Um, yeah. Which, Point. he's been sneaky good for them, to be honest. Um, So, I think that will be really impactful but i i think tottenham may be the team that gets hit the most right because they're going to first of all they're going to lose uh in defense they've been hit a lot and they found a way to cope but they're going to lose bisuma they're going to lose uh papisa right mm. they're going to lose son um 
for a month. Those are three very key players. Sure. They're they not going to be with coupled with all the injuries they currently have. So um, Tottenham is like my goal right now. If we had had Partey fit for most of the season, I'd say... If I had Partey and Tomiyasu fit for most of the season, I'd say Arsenal is like a close second. But right now, I'd say Spurs is probably going to be hits the most. Hmm. That's a very interesting one. I mean, yeah, missing Son and Bissouma, uh might be a bit too much for Spurs. And Papi Sar. Sar has been playing midfield for them a lot recently. I yeah, mean, that's a sticky one. I guess uh, the Liverpool one sticks in my head more because I feel like it will have more impact on the league in general just based on their uh, position. Um, but I would be worried if I was a Spurs fan. That's a really good call, actually. Even um, I was looking at the Fulham team today. They have quite a few Nigerian players. Nigeria's um, true, true centre-back pairing plays for Fulham right now. Um, oh, Tosin plays for England. Yeah, Tosin, Tosin is still waiting for an England call-up, which I don't know if it's ever coming. Never. But, what a waste of his time. Calvin, Calvin Bassi, for example, mm-hmm. he's been huge. I think he had a very good game today. And I think he he'll, be, he'll be a miss. Um, West sorry, sorry, having... sorry, sorry. Calvin Bassi, Bassi will be a miss. Yeah. For, for Fulham. Fulham. Okay, 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 okay. Not for Nigeria, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, he'll be there for us, bro. Yeah, he'll be there. He's. I think what's so funny is his Gidibo style of defending. I think is perfectly made for Afcon. Like Gidibo, Afcon. Afcon has no rhyme or reason to it, but I think the way he plays matches with that. So, please, uh, who is the Niger manager at the moment? Man, Nigeria, to be honest, we need to invite um this guy to which I've invited we'll invite him um when next we record because I think that should be around the start of AFCON. Um to talk like who looks good and who looks nonsense. But um yeah. we have the guy that lost we had a shit walk up qualifiers, the last international break is still the same manager. He he doesn't believe in a midfield man, he plays four two four. Oh God! Sorry. His name is Jose Vitor dos Santos Peserio. Yeah, Peserio. He he plays a he plays a four two four. I don't even know who he plays in midfield, but I shall know. He's trying to squeeze in Lukuman, Ihenacho, Osimen, and Boniface in attack at the same time, which will eventually be his downfall. Yeah, yeah. So I think he should focus on Osimen. Boniface, if you're gonna do front two, just do that. I it's less that, and he has to find a midfield balance. So I think he just needs to accept there are games it will be Osimen and Boniface. There are games it will be either Osimen. There are games Boniface may start and Osimen may come off the bench, or Osimen may start most likely and Boniface will come off the bench. But mm-hmm. you you know, again, like you said, it depends on I actually don't even Afcon doesn't have any rhyme or reason to it, man. We've seen a lot of nonsense happen in Afcon. I think um, Ivory Coast are probably the best place team to win it this year, especially since they are at home. Um, probably I, I wanted to attend that tournament, you know. This one in yeah. Ivory Coast? Mm-hmm. Oh, that vibes. You know, it's actually right. Um, but also, I mean, we can't discount the usuals, Algeria, Senegal, the holding champions, Egypt. Uh I'm trying to think who looks. Senegal doesn't have an easy group, though. It's Cameroon, Gambia, Guinea, and Senegal. Damn. Yeah. Nigeria, a group, the, the, like on paper, obviously, the hardest team we're playing is Ivory Coast, but I think Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau could be a sneaky one. So we'll see how things play out. Um, but stepping away from AFCON a bit, I'm I'm curious how you guys think like world football is trending. It's a slightly philosophical question, but like I want to like think about La Liga. The so the, basically the underlying point I'm trying to make is like with regards to the Super League, the judgments came down that like it was illegal. Basically, the way UEFA and all the FAs tried to block it, and like 
if there's any future attempts, they can't block those clubs from joining the Super League, more or less. And a point I've seen underlined a number of times is usually around the fact that basically the Premier League is the Super League. Um, and teams in the bottom half of the Premier League are signing some of the best players in Syria, La Liga, Ligue 1, and things like that. And given that factor, the Super League is the best or easiest way to achieve uh, homogeny across the board. Now, I don't necessarily share that opinion, but I understand the argument. Because, for example, I think a recent report came out that Inter... Um, are under like are very close to financial issues, despite them being Champions League finalists and winning the Serie. Oh no, Napoli won Serie, but finished second in the Serie last season. So, um, I'm curious, like, what you guys thoughts on that is. Hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can, like, I think the Premier League being the existing Super League is the argument that Perez and the guys that are pushing for Super League to exist would say to you i question how like how valid that is as a statement i don't think it's that straightforward all they're saying is that the premier league has achieved dominance financially yes um but i still think there's if especially if you look at the results of you know european competitions over the past let's say five six years yes premier league teams have done super well but there isn't exactly a premier league dominance like in champions league it's only city and arsenal left in the premier league this season um and yeah like on that, for example, we all assumed, you know how UEFA is adding more teams to the tournament format next year? We all assumed that the Premier League would get another place, as in five teams would qualify to Champions League from Prem. But based on the performance of Premier League teams in Europe this season, that is proving out to, uh, that it might not necessarily be the case. Uh, I think, to be honest, that I'm not as against Super League as everybody else is. Whatever works, um, whatever works and keeps it interesting. Uh, I thought the ruling was interesting. They they clearly made more of a big deal about the ruling um, than it actually was, of, of which the ruling was that uh, UEFA was not within their rights to stop the Super League in the way that they did. Um, but I think all the, all the Premier League teams have still backed out of it anyway, right? Uh, so it looks like it's going to be a very, very, very long, long way from happening. Uh, it seems like what's going to happen in the end is that everybody will come to a compromise where the Champions League becomes more like a Super League-like tournament, um, but obviously still remains the, the Champions League, and then there's like a win-win-win solution for everybody. Uh, I even saw the proposed like style of the Super League tournament style is very similar to what UEFA is proposing for the future of Champions League. So everybody's going to have a cake to eat at the end of this thing is what it's looking like to me. I don't know what you think. Personally, I don't trust um, the way the, the way Madrid and Barcelona are going about it. It just has a very dodgy element to the whole thing. Um, for me, it's clearly about money. It's, it, it's clear that they want some of the Premier League money which is quite weird because I don't know what the Premier League. I, I don't know. Is it that is it are the Premier League doing anything particularly special about apart from just like loving the football and putting their hearts into it and everything? Is, is there anything else that the Premier League is doing? Uh, personally, I don't see it. So um, I I don't think there's anything special the Premier League is doing now, but before now, I do think like there were things specially the Premier League has done historically that has set them up for where they are currently. So a, a good example, right, is that in the past, Syria was the financial powerhouse, but then they had their corruption scandals and things like that and effectively lost the dominance they had. Um, the Premier League made a key decision when the Premier League was formed and it went from the way the traditional football league structure was in the past to one, share revenue equally, do to invest highly in like the broadcasting of like the games like whether it's it seems weird to say but whether it's making the broadcasting more colorful and insightful and a couple of those they put in that work and now they are reaping the benefits right those premier league teams have grown they become popular the premier league is a product everywhere and 
it's it's the teams are eating the benefits, whether you're at the top of the Premier League or you're at the bottom of the Premier League. I've already spoken about Syria. Look at La Liga. La Liga fumbled having Messi and Ronaldo together for the better part of a decade without any future planning. So this attempt at a Super League, I agree with uh, Ifatu on that. I don't trust Barcelona and Madrid's presidents using this as a way to get out of some of the financial holes that Barcelona specifically have dug for themselves. But like La Liga has dug for the teams that they are participants in. Now, I do agree there needs to be a slightly different change in football, right? If not, things will just get concentrated at the top. But I don't believe the Super League is it, if that makes sense. 100%. 100%. Yeah, completely. Um, and I think, guys, that's where we end it for the year, this year, on some real political-ish. Um I mean, Damala, I'm not sure if there's anything else we need to cover. Personally, I just want to say it's been a pleasure to anybody who does listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, we love you, for real. Uh, and hopefully more to come in the new year. Thank you to both of you as well, Ifatu and Damala. It's always a pleasure to have to hop on this podcast and record with you guys. Uh, a very fulfilling part of my life. So I yeah. appreciate it. I agree, I agree. It's been great recording podcasts with you guys this year, 2023. Hopefully, more interesting stuff like Arsenal winning the league uh, soon in 2024. And look forward anybody to... Anybody but City. Any, actually, anybody but City and Liverpool. At this point, I'll take Aston Villa. Um, I, I don't like Liverpool. <laughs> I, I don't like the way Liverpool fans are talking after winning only one league in the last seven years. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. Thank you to our fans for listening. We see you guys. We thank you for your support. I will look forward to more, more great stuff into the new year. Hey, people. Yes. Yes. All right. Happy New Year's, everyone. Have a fantastic 2024.